Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Monkey tennis? Yabba dabba doo. Sorry, I did do myself. Monkey tennis? This is mid mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please! Please, though! Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis? You need to press transfer! Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis? Well, that, that, we, 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 that, that, we, 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 that, we, we will do that, definitely, yeah. Okay, does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a Dilbert. Monkey tennis? I, I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap. <laughs> so, hello, Bristol, for the very first time. <laughs> it's, uh, you're much better than last week's audience. Hello. <laughs> We're here with episode two of uh, Mid Morning Matters, live at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol. Um, and I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Have some beef swans. Uh, Nick Older. I genuinely haven't got my quote to hand. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Stab. Did you tell them about the time I wanked off those tramps? Uh, more of that to come. Um, so... <laughs> This episode, uh, it opens with what's, what's quite a nice trait of these episodes. You're dropped into the middle of a scene already unfolding, and you then have to yep. wait for the sort of, in case you just joined us, we're discussing giveaway, um, as you would with a real webcam, I suppose. Yes, yeah. this, this, this is another excellent start, I think, to an episode. 
Uh, there's a spin-off debate on ballistics in the North Norfolk chat room. Uh, Alan says that he's usually there from 3pm until the wee small hours. Well, uh, so I think but before he's explaining that, yeah. he's taking calls about the JFK conspiracy. Yes. So... As, as always happens with Alan callers, Alan's callers, they're all nutters, um, one of them thinks that JFK was killed by the Scottish Secret Service. Um, Logical. And then the other caller th- uh, suggested that JFK was killed by a gang of Jews. Yeah, I um, think essentially when LBC aren't taking your calls, you go they're, to... They're on NND, yep. Um, so yeah, and then he does mention there will be a spin-off debate on ballistics and field weaponry uh, in the chat room. That is so correct. I have a question to the group. Were anyone here ever members of internet chat rooms slash message boards at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sheep in yeah. here. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll start with the host, madam. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do it with us first, shall we? And then, then we can see. Pro- pro- probably us first. Um, so, uh, well, Tom and I, we're, we're, joined, we're in the same chat room. Not like that. Um, <laughs> not, it's not what you think. No. Uh, it was actually owned by producer Jez, who was up there in what we like to call Jed's sex booth. Say hi, Jez. He's my Jez. There he is. Uh, yeah, that was uh, audiojunkies.net, or probably couldn't afford .com. That's so, right. Yep. Uh, we, we could describe it in more detail, but uh, Jez has evaded capture so far. So it was, it was a music-based chat room, basically. Yep. Let's leave it at that. Nick? Uh, I was a member of Punktastic. Anyone? Anyone? No? No. And World of Goo, which was a Goo Goo Dolls message fan board <laughs> when, uh, when I went through a period of being genuinely obsessed with that band. Pre- presumably for people who don't want the world to see them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah um, very good. In, fa- in fact, thinking about it, I think I was actually on an Ash fan message board first and that is how I first met Jed all those years ago. Aww. Seems to be a nice uh, story, isn't it? Nice seems to be brought story. to the big screen in Jed and Tom Origins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they described the, the show as global radio with an Anglian swagger. Now, <laughs> I googled Anglian swagger as I was sure that's not a thing, uh, only to find an eBay listing for an Anglian swagger stick, a piece of military gear bound in fine black leather over a flexible shaft with a silver chromed head, yours for £40. <laughs> um, no, there's, thanks. Yeah, there's, there's a terrible jingle at this point implying that Russia is mainly known for I, shooting people, right? Well, <laughs> well, I think we need to talk about Alan going for a wee first, which I think you might see on the next slide where there is very evident splashback on his I was going to say, is that oh, piss? Yeah. That so, is piss, isn't it? That, well, well I, I timed it. So he says, Simon, he's, he's going... He's, he just gets up, goes off. He's off camera for 12 seconds and he's come back. So I think that's why there is a generous amount of splashback on the trousers there. Uh, but yeah, then you have the, you have the North, Norfolk Digital available worldwide. That jingle comes after this. So yeah, Adam, as I think you were saying, so you basically, it's, it's got some really ridiculous stereotypes in. So they, the jingle says, uh, Norwich to Nigeria, and you can hear African singing. Swatham to Scotland, you can hear the sound of bagpipes. And then Cromer to the Kremlin. And you, what you actually hear is a man in Russian saying pig and then firing a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Make of that what you will. But because Alan's not back in time, because obviously he's busy wetting himself, uh, Simon's left to pick up the link which he fluffs. Uh, it reminds me a, a bit of, if anyone's seen Wayne's World, where Garth is left to do the show on his own. Uh, I thought, <laughs> much like that, Garth needs his Wayne, Simon needs his Alan. Um, Given what happened in episode one with his fake travel advisory <laughs> causing problems because people thought it was real, you have to wonder why he's now seemingly announced that Cromer has fallen to the Russians. <laughs> All roads to Cromer yeah, closed. Nothing. This is not a drill. <laughs> I think what you're assuming there is that Alan learns from his mistakes, which, as we know, over the years, he absolutely does not. That's very true. That's a very good point. But he doesn't get a 
pulled up on this one either. No. Nobody comes in the studio. Uh, um, have you got him back announcing Coldplay next? Uh, yeah, what, his wistful moment about Parkers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he just turns to... So they're playing basically Coldplay the Scientist or like a close approximation of. Um, so Alan announced that kids are playing in the snow without Parkers. It's Coldplay. And it says to Simon, I miss Parkers. Simon says, you should buy one then. And he says, I will. And he starts getting quite choked up and quite emotional. They've been swept away by the emotional gravitas of Chris Martin singing there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very tender moment. Um, when they come back, it's time for Mid Thursday Morning Matter Book Club, which is a <laughs> terrible name. <laughs> the most yeah. uncatchy name for a radio segment ever. Uh, because Saul Harris can't be with them, Rosie Witter, the former wine expert from Series One, is back. Hey. Yep. Um, and uh, he then refers to webcam voyeurs, which he only does yeah. when he's got a female guest. Yeah, bit, yeah. a bit ah, gross. Oh, very that. good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still only sees webcams in terms of sex, even though he's on it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so to be clear, they're kind of navigating through. Obviously, they've got Rosie in the studio. Um, they've got. Edith on the phone and Andrew on the email. <laughs> Completely and unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's hilarious, though, Still, isn't it? The fact they have to wait for about two seconds just to get the ping, ping. when he's yep. replied to an email. But that's the club. Let's get to the nub. It, it's the very say. first multi-platform radio-based book club broadcast in the whole yeah. of East Anglia. And there you have it. That's why they have Andrew on email despite this five-second delay because yes. Alan is a massive fan of being the person behind a world first. Or the well, he loves a radio biggest. first, a broadcast first, yeah. doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So Even if it's necessary. bollocks. Yeah. Um, I tried to find out if it was the very first multi-platform book club broadcast. The BBC did do a project called Get Reading, uh, a venture to encourage reading in 2015, described in the PR as multi-platform. So even if this book club had been good, it still wouldn't have been first. Uh, but maybe in East Anglia, perhaps. Oh, quite possibly, yeah. In North Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, should we talk about the book that they're reading? Yeah, well, the, <laughs> well, the some of them are reading. Yeah. Read, yeah. <laughs> well, the book that they should have been reading then, mm-hmm. um, which is Wild Swans by Yong Chan. Yong Chang. Yeah. Uh, well, I did notice. If you, I just see the point that it can't quite reach, but you can see there is a copy of Wild Geese is already. Alan realises yeah, yeah, yeah. too late. Yeah. He's read yeah. Wild Geese. Yeah. <laughs> um, bit of bit of a classic sitcom trope that of a, a naming misunderstanding, but the webcam element and the way you find out from from the book there it, it adds yeah. a new level. Well, I love that. I love the way that this is this is placed there before they're even talking about Wild Swans slash the Wild Geese confusion. So it's that kind of thing. It's a rewarding second watch when you realise that book's already there before you yeah. get to it. Yeah, uh, it's a quite a lengthy section about Amazon, aren't we? Uh, yes. Well, uh, well was... do we need to talk about one of the biggest killers of our time, first of all? <laughs> Go ahead. Where, uh, where um, psychic Simon thinks Harold Shipman and Alan means obesity. <laughs> just a bit of confusion in the studio there. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just made a note that the, the gold in the script is coming so fast at this point, it's actually hard to keep track. There are so yeah. many kind of subtle one-liners yeah. that are all just yeah, stacking yeah. up on top of each other. Mm. So the more you watch it, the better it gets, I think. Has anyone read Wild Swans by Yung Chang? No. no. Anyone in the room? <laughs> Popular book. <laughs> well, it, well, apparently it sold over 20 million copies. Yeah, you, Not you, in Bristol, it hasn't. <laughs> you joke. It's got a 79% five-star rating, i.e. 79% of the people that reviewed it on Amazon, which is the site that I checked, have given it a five-star review. But there's not much fun in a five-star review, so I thought, why don't we have a look at the one-star reviews on Amazon? Just yes. a couple of highlights from the one-star reviews. Um, first person, I found it difficult to read. Second person, like wading through custard. The third person, <laughs> not read yet, saving it for holiday. <laughs> Why would you review it before you've read it? The, That's mental. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another person saying, let me start off by saying how much I absolutely love swans. <laughs> Uh, another person saying not a single mention of a swan not one I have, n- <laughs> I have no idea what this book is about uh, and then finally I wouldn't recommend this book unless you're interested in Japan but do they even have swans there <laughs> thanks Amazon wow. 
speaking of Amazon, Alan is staunchly defensive of Amazon, quickly draws a parallel between companies paying their fair taxes and China, where, and, he, and I quote, you can only have one baby, and if it's a girl, tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, sorry, the review about Japan, the book's about China as well, that's even better. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I'm reading these verbatim. I, I know, I'm just enjoying it more. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Rosie says, you know, that brings us nicely onto Wild Swans, to which Alan says, does it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, later again on Amazon employees, they're students. You can't mistreat students. <laughs> He's quite keen to defend the uh, Amazon business model as well. Um, cheap books, happy shareholders, the boss is stinking rich. Hats off. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something, something happens here that is very quick, but happens over and over. And it's yeah. basically, uh, hopefully everyone's spotted this throughout the series, Alan's reaction to people trying to touch his stomach yes. or body. Yes. A safe or dangerous uh, example. Here we go. Off. Yeah, like very that. much yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I did. Is it time to talk about black-eyed peas? Uh, <laughs> or am I jumping ahead too much? Uh, yes, I think we can. Uh, I just this is one of my favourite uh, forward throws to a song in the uh, in the series. He says, "Mummy P and Baby P have finally pushed Daddy P too far. It's the black-eyed peas." <laughs> Ooh. Um, and we, uh, we learn it's funny but it's also peas. bad <laughs> uh, we learn in the next link that, uh, that yes again a care home has taken him saying the Russians are taking over Chroma literally as predicted <laughs> um, there's a weird bit where Alan refers to Nazis as Nazis here I thought that was a bit silly surely you don't get to Alan's position without knowing how to pronounce that but I think that's I think that's just a bit of a running gag with Alan yeah, that for think... whatever reason he will just mispronounce words yeah. that nobody in their right mind should mispronounce like strawberry Nesquilk and Draclia is Dracula, yeah. uh, Alan is straight onto the wine that Rosie's brought. No one else is drinking. You can tell from the level in the bottle he's already three glasses down. Yeah, he's quite hammered as well, and very much losing track of the gener- numbers of generation of Chinamen that are in the Wild Swans book. <laughs> he's getting he's getting very bored. Well, because he, he asked Rosie like the moment she appeared, "Have you got any wine on you?" He couldn't wait to get into it, could he? Um, Beverly, a regular, uh, presumably a regular caller, yes. uh, has sent in a beef sponge, uh, <laughs> which he describes it's, as oh, chunks of beef. I have suspended. an issue with this. What's your issue? It's not a sponge, is it? Well, it's chunks of beef suspended in a matrix of pastry. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a not, pie, isn't it? That is a pie. Uh, it's a beef pie. Yeah. Um, but he says it looks... Yeah, but I think her sending in a beef pie wouldn't be funny. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, he, he said it looks almost as good as last week's chicken drizzle cake, to which, <laughs> to which I, thought, I thought... I thought to myself... Oh. I thought to myself, who would make a chicken drizzle cake? And then I thought to myself... Who would make a chicken drizzle cake and bring it to a podcast? So no. What? Oh, I've now realised Adam said he had something prepared for us tonight that we didn't we know about. We genuinely haven't and seen I've this realized before. I've realised what this is and I'm not happy about You're it. You're going to want some kitchen roll because it is oily. Can you... Can, to, to be clear, is that a Victoria sponge? How with, have you made this? With no. chicken... What you do, what you do is... What How you have do you is, made this? There's like translucent ghee underneath. <laughs> it's it's going to be like... That's the chicken part. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, okay, so I'm just going to explain, like, if you haven't guessed, Adam has made a chicken drizzle cake. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to offer it to the audience. Yeah, here you go. Who'd like some? Yeah. Yay, there, there we you go. go. This gentleman over here. Um, what, what? I mean, what, I feel like Adam's it? expecting us to eat this, isn't it? What? Oh, my God. It smells like a roast dinner. <laughs> well, actually, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it smells half roast in a half cake. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, dead air is a crime, so someone... Oh, I'll see okay, first while I talk. Everyone, right, okay. on, everyone on three, and then we can compare notes. Nick, Nick's oh, going in, he's taking a bite. Oh, my God, that's a massive bite. Look, at, a, the, look at the, the yellow come stain on, Tom. this is leaving. Tom, I went to a lot of effort. 
You went, yeah, for okay. sake, all right. Down the hatch. Oh, um, actually, it's not that bad. General consensus is that you can I'm drizzle an cake. excellent cook. Should we, hand it, should we hand it round? We want fun. Should we hand that round? All right. Here we go. Um, that. I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about the kind of, the yellow stain that is left on the... This uh, is broadcasting Alan would be proud of. Um... <laughs> If anybody wants anyone to else trying to talk through a <laughs> mouthful of chicken, there we go. We've got another one. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is broadcasting at its finest. Um, Do be careful with it; it's literally leaving a toxic. Does anybody film. else want a piece? There's a piece here. Anyone? Adam, I'm sure your wife might want some as a. I'll, I'll, save, I'll save it for later. Okay. Right, we'll leave that there. Mm. I hate you, Adam. Yep. Saying, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to no, be. It's not that bad. That's actually all right. No, Especially considering how much chicken fat I poured into it. Oh. It's, uh, it's pretty good. So can you, can you talk us through the cooking process for this? Wait a minute. You it. fed us a roast chicken earlier today. Is this where the oil came from? Uh, yeah, obviously. Oh, my God. So, I mean, look, I'll, I'll talk you through <laughs> the recipe quickly, but I don't want to give away all my secrets because my cookbook sales will suffer. <laughs> um, you basically just make a sponge and then you cook a chicken and then you take half the chicken juices and you pour them over the sponge. Chicken drizzle cake, simple as. Okay, so now you can all make that at home. Yeah. I feel violated. There's also beef sponge recipes online. Um, there's an official really? one um, where he describes the end product as not too dreadful. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was not as bad as I was thinking it was going to be. It wasn't great. It's just confusing. Yeah. 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 It, w- it wasn't great. Oh, right, where were we? I've right. <laughs> totally lost track now. Um, are we on? Uh, uh, well, the next... <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's repeating on Tom's stab over there. We do get a chink of insight as to the um, books that really kind of tickle uh, and take the interest of um, the listeners of North Norfolk um, Digital. So uh, in at number one, The Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. Wild Swans in at number two. And number three is Angels and Demons. So Dan Brown getting two books there (laughs) in the top three. (laughs) Out of the three that they've covered. So this is the first one that's not a Dan Brown book. And that's why Alan's not read it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the... uh, I I just love that also, if if you look at Rosie throughout this scene, she's looking kind of like... horrified about the fact that they're just scoring a book out of five and I love that Alan has nothing to say about it so all you get from him is saying that's what I got from it and spot on just based on other people's <laughs> comments he's got nothing himself uh, he emails in under a fake name to try and drive the conversation round to the wild geese the book he has read uh, <laughs> but it turns out it turns out that he hasn't read that properly either <laughs> um, he, uh, also Alan Winewatch he's now two thirds of the way yeah, through the bottom yeah. Yeah. he's getting through it quickly yeah. isn't he and uh, regaling the, the tale that he, when he ploughed into a swan which is the only time he's ever heard a swan quack <laughs> I, uh, and then is it time for Thatcher Pop four piece Duran Duran <laughs> I believe so uh, well actually uh, well no there's something to quickly uh, oh. look at which is Alan oh. says that he prefers books to TV of course yeah. uh, well no sorry he's trying to make out he prefers books to TV so I think of course we know that's a lie but he says when he reads he likes to listen to Nick did you get anything on this jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's blue to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion blue Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jean Michel Jarre. Oh, this again. Yeah. So, yeah, Gene but, Michael Jar. Yeah, or Gene Michael Jar if you're Nick, if you're a regular <laughs> listener to the podcast. It's easy when you know it. I didn't know it. But I should know be it punished now. for you know phonetically reading it. Yeah, you should. It's just a bit of fun, though, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, obviously, Oxygen Part 4 is the Tony Lebesma right. theme from uh, Naomi ah. Knowing You. Uh, my other note was Nick can't pronounce it. Um, <laughs> he sold an estimated 80 million albums and singles, and I thought what well, was quite a good link. He was the first Western musician to be allowed to perform in China. So it all comes full circle. Ah, is go. Alan now so pissed that he's eating the beef sponge absolutely yeah. correct he's yeah. on to Beverly's beef sponge um, uh, at this point Rosie also says I gave up on the diary of Anne Frank on my first attempt I couldn't get through it and Simon replies neither could she neither could she yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, think a, I think a less sozzled Alan would have stopped Simon yeah, at this point yeah. but he Simon's yeah, so he does, he does sometimes police his jokes doesn't he yeah. if he thinks he's going to go to and Rosie's yeah. getting angry to which Alan says you're angry, you're angry. have some beef swans <laughs> yeah. uh, so as you say this is after Alan's admitted ploughing into a swan uh, he's also openly belching he's clearly pissed he admits he hasn't read the book and then yeah he and also the bottle of wine is empty by this point as well <laughs> yeah um, that's that's the end of this section of the episode, is it not? It is indeed, I think. Uh, yeah. Which means we're on to a very emotionally heavy uh, section Ooh, of yes. Mid Morning Matters with the uh, the return of a beloved character from the past. Another strong opener to this bit. Um, the real reason people have a go at Bernie Eccleston is because he has the first name of a dinner lady and he goes out with giant women. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, then going on to say that he's so small. Watch out for him next time there's a wet Grand Prix. His wellies have got Spider-Man on. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so... <laughs> So, for the, full, for the full context, this part of the uh, episode is the Dave Clifton part, uh, and you've got Alan defending Bernie Eccleston is how it opens. So, I think it's worth going through some Eccleston facts quite quickly. Sure. Um, so, he's a former chief exec of Formula One. Uh, he was born in a hamlet three miles south of Bungie, so I thought hello to Roy ah, from Bungie. Nice. Norfolk Connections. Um, he owned QPR for four years. He's allegedly a fan of fascists, including Hitler. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um, he was tried on bribery charges in 2014. He avoided the payment of 1.2 billion through a legal tax avoidance scheme. In 2011, he was ranked as the fourth richest person in the UK, wow. with an estimated fortune of 4.2 billion. Uh, he's been married three times, including to a former Yugoslavian, Yugoslavian model. A giant um, woman. Yep. His most recent marriage uh, saw him have a wife who is 47 years his junior, and he is five <laughs> foot tall. So, question to the group, is, Eccles is Bernie Eccleston Alan's ideal role model? Yeah. Let me present yeah. the argument to you. He's got right-wing leanings. He's got a younger wife. He's rich. He's successful in the world of sport. He's avoided paying tax. Everything about it is good for Alan, apart from the hype, basically. I'm liking this, Tom. I'm yeah. liking this a lot. Thanks very much. <laughs> also, do you think there are many people who are fans of fascists not including Hitler? They're like, no, mate, too, too mainstream. <laughs> that really is too, too mainstream. Yeah. Well, I just, I just didn't want to go down further down the fascist mm -hmm. rabbit hole, so I stopped reading what else I had. That Hitler, <laughs> the Coldplay of fascism. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> 
Well, that's a pull quote from the yeah. evening, uh, isn't it? Alan's got himself in knots over so many things he's had to invent a shut up and move yes. on ident that he plays out when he's getting confused or overrun by callers that know more than he does. Yeah, so basically the caller is questioning Eccleston's tax arrangement. So Alan plays a jingle that says, shut up and move on. And my note was... Um, how many times does Alan have to deploy that? And I thought most days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's Definitely. in a hole and that's all he can do to get out of it. Um, he starts ranking charities against one another at this point, uh, putting the National Trust above Help the Aged. Um, he clearly doesn't see himself as approaching old age, uh, but then he describes Help for Heroes as the top one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> question to the group, National Trust, Help for Heroes, Help the Aged, which made more? Number Ooh. one, National Trust. Number two, Help the Aged. Number three, Help for Heroes? No, I think Heroes Hen- is top. Heroes top. What's the what's the time period? What are the parameters? Uh, I'm looking mainly at 2016-2017 reports here. I reckon aged bottom, trust middle, and a, uh, heroes top. Heroes top. Um, well, help for heroes. We've only got one year's report. The others we've got two, so we had to sort of factor <laughs> that in. You're already um, skewing so, the figures, so it's very much a like for like then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a science man. Um, <laughs> help for heroes made 38 million in 2017. National Trust across 2016-2017 made 73 million. Wow. Help the aged does not exist. It's age UK people. Get with the times. Ah, uh, uh, trick question. It, it, but it received 73.1 million in 2016-7. So wow. the disappointing well, answer say, so is it in 2016. They're, they're all quite similar. But it, existed, it did exist in 2016 at the time of the show, right? Uh, oh, yes, it did, yeah. 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 I'm not saying they've got it wrong. Yeah. No, no, I know that. I know <laughs> that. They're not that similar if one got 38 and one got 73. Uh, yeah, 38 in one year. The, right, others, were, the, the others were over two years. Okay. I'll, tell so you, wasn't, I'll, I'll show you my workings after. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very confusing system. Uh, so in the studio, they're aiming to raise just £3,000 for addiction action. Uh, addiction can cover a multitude of things uh, booze drugs and uh, having it off no mention of chocolate as well I, I, I've got that as well yeah, no mention I think of chocolate. We just, chocolate I think we should just dwell on charity shops quickly though because obviously Alan donated a one arm jacket to a charity shop <laughs> my question to the group what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen bought in a charity shop or donated to a charity shop I'm, oh, I've, I've, I've given so much I don't like Giga Doll CDs uh, I've just moved out of a lot of houses and given quite a lot of stuff to charity mm. uh, I once not bought, in a kind of noble way just I've given lots of charity <laughs> I once bought a suit jacket from a charity shop which had a bundle of business cards in one pocket and about eight unidentifiable pills in the other uh, <laughs> wow I looked the guy up and he died <laughs> I mean presumably from lack of medication <laughs> true story well um, always check the pockets yep <laughs> Uh, Alan, Alan is um, yeah, going to raise uh, £3,000 and will make up the difference if the listeners don't get to that lofty target, which at this point he's pretty convinced they'll get to. It's a lot, isn't it, 3000 I think yeah, we can see re- where this is going. For yeah. Re- for re- yeah, for regional radio, yes. A uh, sidekick Simon is surprised that Alan's into charity, but Alan says uh, he's got into it recently because it's a great brand builder. Yeah, and he's into it for the goodwill splashback yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, a term explained to him by Richard Curtis, he says. <laughs> yeah, so Alan's expecting good karma from doing charity work, uh, but then if you see the way he explains how Richard Curtis explained it to him, he seems to imply Richard Curtis is skimming money off the top because he goes, <laughs> out, this is for you, this is for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, should we do an outfit watch for this episode? Oh, yeah. really as well? so, so, I mean, obviously you can see it behind us, but for the benefit of those listening on the pod. Uh, so Alan's got a kind of woolen and suede zip-up top <laughs> over a mustard shirt. So it's quite a classic Alan combination there. You've got like aqua and mustard. It's awful. Uh, and I'd say Simon's in one of his least wacky outfits, but he does have the classic shirt over a T-shirt. But I don't think... He's got a green shirt, 
a grey t-shirt with some text on it. It's, for Simon, it's quite normal, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all alright. Uh, That's do you, all fine. Do you notice anything unusual about the uh, charity appeal pre-record uh, that they put out? There's three stories on there of uh, people... Uh, uh, yes. Uh, There's Malky who flogs Lego for half a pea. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that means. Um, uh, worth mentioning, Alan's eating bananas and cream while this story goes uh, on. Yeah, <laughs> so Simon is visibly uh, disgusted by this, and I think if, Je- if Jed flicks onto the next slide, you'll see uh, his... Again, oh, no. he's, got the, he's got the half grimace, half laugh going on whilst he's eating a bowl of bananas and cream. Um, there are two more stories. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've also there, got, there's Jeannie's story who lives um, rough on the streets. Someone that a, used to a bum with booze in her veins. Uh, that's a, t- a teacher that uh, is a bum with booze in her body. Uh, Tristram's story who was taking coke um, when he first became a, fedge, a hedge fund Fudge manager. Fender. Easy for me to say. Uh, he missed out on his bonus last year, <laughs> so his dreams of a bigger house are in tatters. But... <laughs> They all come together to say thank you, Alan, for Alan's hands across Norfolk. So, so my question was, which one do you think Alan cares about most? Oh, Tristram. Oh, Tristram. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Tristram. He's only bothered about the hedge fund manager. I'm pretty sure Tristram's voice yeah. is uh, supplied by Steve Coogan as well. It sounds very much <laughs> yeah, like Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that happens on a few uh, kind of jingles and bits of audio they use, her, but I don't know whether that, whether it's supposed to be Alan impersonating someone or whether it is just Coogan doing other characters. I'm not mm. quite sure. But uh, yeah, they, they, to- they total up... Um, they, by this point, they've raised £610, yep, 610, pounds, yep. which is equivalent to 150 pints, uh, eight grams of Coke. Uh, they're not sure about heroin, but they've asked the Scottish cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, it's worth mentioning uh, Psychic Simon's Alan Partridge mug, which we have a, a copy of on stage with us here today. Um, one interesting thing about this is that uh, the quote above Alan's signature, it says, Norfolk's best, North Norfolk's best music mix. <laughs> now, we know Alan is frequently getting this bit wrong uh, and saying Norfolk instead of North Norfolk, but how did it make it onto a mug? I like to think that Alan was dictating the phrase for this <laughs> mug over the phone and fucked it up there as well. Uh, um, do we have the altered voice call as well? Oh, yes, an addict who wishes to remain well, anonymous. Do we... I, I do like... Just just before this bit, there is a moment where Alan admits himself that he stepped on a hornet's nest when he suggested that Norwich was ready for a black town crier. I, like, <laughs> the fact that... <laughs> You know what, Even that Alan. bit totally passed me by, yeah, I missed yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, yeah. that's great. Um, um, so with the, with the um, anonymous voice caller, yeah. um, so they've, they've lost their job selling wool at the market, and I thought, <laughs> this is basically Domingo in Little Oakley all over again. Yes. How <laughs> many people are selling wool in Norwich Market? <laughs> uh, and also the fact that they're a, they're a woman, not a man, it's just the way the voice has been altered. I thought that's a bit like the kind of, when they do the pixelated face in Scissor, <laughs> in, uh, Scissor R, you, kind yeah. of, you can kind of Shaki- see what the payoff Shakira. to the is going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Alan spots. Uh, well, this is kind of is this Alan spotting an opportunity for for humour? I mean, I assume it is when he asks her to say, "Soon your planet will be mine," which obviously <laughs> yeah. she 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 responds with. But um, yeah, they kind of abruptly end the call. But I did think that's a nice moment where Alan's using humour, albeit in rather tragic circumstances. Well, yeah, I think you're right. So even the points where he's trying to be a bit joking, a bit of fun, well, he's misjudged he, the time. Well, I think so he, he still pulls he it up. Yeah, he doesn't know how to help her. Like, yeah. he hasn't got anything he can do. He can't offer any advice. So he just thinks, oh. Maybe just say soon your planet will be mine. <laughs> Hang up the phone. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> Off you go. Um, Derek Bosworth's in the studio talking accordions. Although, w- oh, whoa, 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 Adam, to... I'm going to have to start you before we get to Derek Bosworth. Oh, you want to talk about the self-defence? Yes. You've right. got, um, Al- there's a very short cutaway scene. So we get these really short ones in each episode as well. So Alan's giving self-defence tips to a member of staff. Um, <laughs> he says that he saw another member of staff play fighting with a member of staff called Jez. And Alan didn't think the moves were up to scratch, which I just quite enjoyed. Uh, 
Derek Boswell, I say he's talking accordions. He's sat at the back of the studio <laughs> being routinely ignored for <laughs> about 95% of this episode. Um, Alan also, also noticed he's reduced to using canned laughter for some of the gags he does at this point. Uh, knowing I, I did the, not notice that. Yeah, he started edging that in along with the uh, shut up and move on identity. <laughs> um, the charity pledges to me seem to be resembling more people trying to sell secondhand cars and, yeah, and giving, exactly giving, yeah. Yeah, giving about yeah. 2% of the proceeds to charity. Uh, do, do you want to break down on a, a couple of examples of that? So but you've go got uh, Jed from Ipswich, uh, so another Jed, uh, wants £500 for his Ford Mondeo and he'll give £50 to charity. Yep. Um, and then you have another caller that um, if they get £10,000, they'll give £60 for the appeal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this this reminded me of when Alan is trying to uh, fundraise for comic relief in the mid morning matters comic relief segment. The fact is just falling apart, and the listeners are taking the piss about how much money they're actually going to pledge. Is, is this the part where he's starting to get a bit nervous as well? Because they previously raised yeah. four thousand. He thinks he's going to have to shell out big time. Yeah, because yeah, it's only yeah. gone up a hundred quid, isn't it? Next yeah, time he yeah. goes back, it's up it, to seven hundred and ten. Especially worried because he promised to take Angela to centre parks and buy her a bigger TV. Uh, <laughs> but then through the window, he spots his saviour. It's Dave Clifton. Yeah. Oh, although, welcome uh, return. You do, there you he do is. also have the quick moment where Alan goes off on one about donkeys before Dave comes in the studio. People like donkeys. Why? We've got cars. They don't work. Put them down. <laughs> um, we're building up to probably my favourite line of the series, I think. Uh, Dave Clifton's revelation. Um, yeah. It's so, pretty strong. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, Alan, in very kind of hushed tones, uh, talks to Psychic Simon about Dave Clifton's fall from grace. Obviously, we've not seen Dave for... for well, since Alpha Papa. Yeah. Um, but we already know that he's become something of a tragic character. The, uh, the, the fact that him and Alan being on a level... Uh, in I'm Alan Partridge has sort of fallen by the wayside. Alan is very much the, the victor at this point, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, he mentions Psychic Simon that, that at Dave's lowest point, he was uh, pleasuring a vagrant at the docks during his <laughs> darkest times. Dave comes in. It's very uncomfortable. They allude to his checkered past. And Dave says, oh, did he tell him about the time I wanked off those tramps? <laughs> but even better than that, I mean, he says, that was plural, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the killer to that bit. I think the line, like some kind of diabolical soup kitchen is the bit that really got me. <laughs> Uh, it, it cuts immediately to Alan interviewing Dave, yeah. desperate yeah. for juice to bring some money into his appeal. Can I say how happy I was to see Alan and Dave Clifton back in the studio Absolutely. together? You know, you know this is going to be comedy yeah. gold, don't yeah. you? It's fantastic. There you go. Yeah. And... Um, I believe I believe that the impetus for, for Mid Morning Matters in the first place was how much viewers loved the the, the sort of interplay between yeah. Alan broadcasting in I'm Alan Partridge and so that was this series in the Yeah, because I, th I think they, you always get those bits when he's either bantering with Clifton or back announcing songs. I think as part like real Partridge fans always wanted to see more of that because you could you could have almost gone from I'm Alan Partridge series one straight to Mid Morning Matters series one and you actually you wouldn't really be missing... Like, it would still make sense, wouldn't it? It would still mm. be really a good continuation of the, the narrative to it. So um, during this interview, uh, Dave Clifton, a couple of times, mentions that he had the number one show in Norfolk. Um, Depends which, on the metric. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the metric. Um, would a younger Alan have taken, a more, taken more of an issue with this? Would he have gone in a bit more on Dave Clifton than rather than just kind of dismiss it a little bit? Well, he does... He does you do get kind of a few facial reactions to him saying that. And again, you've got the metric point. But yeah, you're right, I think a different Alan would have probably kicked off about that. But you know, I, th I think go. a different Alan would have probably pulled out a sheet of listening figures and yeah. like radar information or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also keen keen to avoid talking about the tramps anymore, but he says, Dave, what would you say was the lowest of the low? And to be honest, I'd say it's probably the shirt he's wearing now, wouldn't you? <laughs> well that was I, I did I did say uh, for me it's a bit like the sixties had vomited on him in a camouflage pattern. It's that kind of colour scheme, isn't it? Yeah. I'd love to get a clearer picture of Dave. I feel like there's more we could more we could get from Dave. Does he live in a caravan? Does he DJ kids' parties on the weekends? Oh I reckon. 
yeah. was he ever a rising star of commercial radio? I mean, he seems to think so. He says he had a semi-detached home yeah. in a Vauxhall Tigra. So, <laughs> but he, but he's still doing in the context of this series. He's still doing drive time on North yes. Norfolk Digital, isn't yeah. he? So it, things can't be that bad. I guess it sounds like he's cleaned up his act. But and some of the, the stories he's got from days gone by are genuinely tragic. Namely, the time that he broke into a garden to have a fight with a snowman. Yeah, that's right. That was the worst. According to him, that was the yeah. worst thing he'd done. He had so much Not premium lager yeah. charging through his veins yeah. that he thought it was someone from the council. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, question to the group. Do we think there's a great lost concept here, a partridge special or a series that revolves around their rivalry? Imagine 100%. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. A well, different I'd path Dave might have ended up on. Or perhaps I thought... Uh, imagine a scenario where they're forced to present a show together, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still, I still mm. think that Alpha Papa would have been better if Clifton was the nemesis. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pat, but yeah, is it time for the biggest revelation of this entire series? I think from Dave. <laughs> oh, Dave. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've got a couple of notes before okay. we get to that point. I really enjoyed uh, Dave saying. Um, because basically, you know, Alan's getting annoyed because Dave isn't being it's sad not being enough sad on the radio. Yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah, not yeah, raising, yeah. he's not raising funds. Um, so Alan's like, you don't sound sad, be sad. Be sad. Um, <laughs> and Dave says his glass, he was a glass heart, always half full. And uh, Psychic Simon says, that was the problem. Yeah. Absolute genius. <laughs> yeah. Such good writing there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the organ player is st- uh, still behind him doing absolutely nothing as well. Um, yeah, but I think... Uh, I've got, I've got something uh, about the, uh, the exact wording of Dave's uh, next story where he's talking about swapping his son's scale electric for Coke on Christmas Day. Yes, this um, comes before yeah. the revelation. Right. Okay, yeah. uh, he swapped it for, it turns out he swapped it for a packet of Daz. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then something I didn't notice until I, I rewatched this a second time, he says, uh, he says, yeah, I always say, I, I always like to say I got cleaned out. I always like to say, <laughs> how often does he tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> well, I get the impression that he, the, the Clifton character is quite candid about the problems he's been through because yeah. oh, well, he's, got, he's got no scruples about walking in there so oh do you tell him about the time I went off the tramp so yeah. I think he's laughing about that like, yeah, this is like a daily chat for him yeah. it was the same at the shape takeover party in Alpha Papa wasn't yes. he when he was talking yeah, about exactly. the horse and the prostitutes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you also had the story about um turning up the sound of bargain hunt to drown out the noise of his own son playing. Yeah. His son who <laughs> wanted him to help him reach the apples. But yeah, comes very poignant in a few minutes' time. Okay, are we ready for the revelation then? Go for it. Dave Clifton is not Dave Clifton's real name. That yes. real name is... Tom, Tom Barrington. Barrington. Tom Barrington. Popular Anyways. name, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. Alan just said, you change your name to Dave Clifton. <laughs> uh, do you think Dave's run in this episode is the best we've ever seen Dave Clifton? Is this the greatest Dave Clifton content? Oh, I still think the, the rivalry when they were both on Radio Norwich together I much was, prefer it yeah. when like, it's constant one-upmanship and I'm yeah. on partridge, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like Sorry, that. splitting. <laughs> Alan, Alan warms today slightly saying, thank you, Dave. I used to think you were a right bird, <laughs> yeah. but I realise now that's only half the story. <laughs> <laughs> Not completely over yeah. it. Yeah. I hope you keep reaching those apples every day. During this, I, ha- I had a note that says, Dave is sort of craning his neck like a weepy E.T. <laughs> but well, my, my thought on this, though, is... is Alan genuinely sad because you know he's tearing up, he's getting emotional, or is this just a ploy to make sure that he hits the three thousand pounds that he doesn't have to pay for it? I think it was value, but I'm now thinking he might Mm. have a point. I think he could see that you know the numbers totting up and thinking if I can you know amp up the emotion, maybe we can get more uh, donations in. I don't think Alan's that good at actor. I think he probably. Also a good point. Yeah, I think he probably started off that way and then he gradually... Well, because we, we know he was trying to ramp up the tragic angle to get the donations running in, but yeah, maybe he just yeah, the emotion has got the better of him. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And as they say, hugs not drugs, cuddles not ruddles. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Derek Bosworth... Uh, <laughs> 
Ma- makes a bit of noise on the accordion, and Alan says, oh, God, sorry, I've completely forgotten about you. <laughs> <laughs> they then cut to this bizarre dancing scene where they're all having this kind of jubilant dance around <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to Gary Newman. I was, uh, was going to say, electric. did everybody clock what the song was? Uh, no. I, yeah. I, I, had, I had to Google the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so as Adam is. says, it's Gary Newman, our friend's electric. So yeah. um, Gary Newman's actually appeared in the Partridge universe a couple of times, the infamous airbase scene of music for chameleons in yep. the static home. Um, and also... The second track in the iPartridge book playlist is Tubeway Army, which was fronted by ah. Gary Newman uh, down in the park. Uh, just also some bonus Newman facts, because we like to just look at things on Wikipedia to fill the content <laughs> of the show. Um, he's released 22 albums. The most recent album, Savage, was released in 2017, which charted at number two in the UK album chart, his highest chart position since 1980. Mm-hmm. So I can only assume his Partridge presence has yes. really accelerated his career. I've got a lovely Gary Newman fact. Tell us more. Did you know that Gary Newman is older than Gary Oldman? <laughs> True fact. Genuine. Fact Look drop. it up. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there's a jubilant dance. Everyone's happy, uh, and then uh, the scene afterwards. It turns out that uh, yeah, Alan's yep. almost smashed that three grand target thanks to Dave Clifton's tears being wrung out of his face. <laughs> yep. So they, they've raised two thousand nine hundred and seventy pounds. So Alan has to think about it for a second and goes. 30 quid. I'll pay that. He's happy with that. that. Yes, you will, Alan, because you promised you would at the start of the episode. (laughs) Did you also note when they revealed the the total that he has a little jingle underneath that just goes, ooh, money. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that. And again, that's the great thing about this. There are so many bits of kind of like radio audio, like jingles and stuff that are just underneath people talking that you, you might not hear till the yeah. second or third time you watch it, yeah. Mm. There's also a lot of uh, familiar people who uh, are acting as the callers in this episode. Uh, Rebecca Front, who's obviously been in Partridge for ages. Simon Green or Michael the Geordie, former friend of the show and guest on our show. Uh, former friend of the show. Former friend of the show. What have you done to offend him? <laughs> have you spoken to him recently? Good point. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Dan Skinner, who I believe is, oh, is the guy who plays Angelus Epithemo. Yes, yes that's stars, correct, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 They're all in it. Um, he also, uh, he's counting out the, the 30 quid that he's going to make up the difference. <laughs> Definitely make up. Change, but up. he's 30p short. Um, Simon points out, you've got it there. Said, yes, but I need it for a Milky Way. And I think, <laughs> Where's Alan getting a Milky Way for 30p in 2016? <laughs> when he gets oh, it from yeah. Psychic Simon. Yeah. Who was the CEO of uh, News and Magazines in Norwich? Atif. He's getting it from there. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. yeah. Atif uh, Steel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any other revelations from this episode of Mid Morning Matters? Uh, Something me? Well, I think it's interesting that you, you do get a few hints. Is Alan still slightly chocolate obsessed? That thing about he's saving it mm. for a Milky Way. He's got a plan. It's quite a, a lot bit like cho- an addict getting his next fix. And I think there are other points in the series he, where yeah, this yeah. develops more. He's always got chocolate in the glove, uh, glove box that yeah. he kind of gives to Simon um, a Milky Way here. Chocolate's mm. never far... Pardon? Pepperoni. Yep. Not a chocolate. Pepperoni's not, not a chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> chocolate yeah. I mean, God knows what's in it, but it's probably not chocolate. I mean, <laughs> we, although that said, we have got chicken drizzle cake, so I mean, <laughs> anything could happen. We're oh, savoury and sweet meats. I'm already thinking me. of marketing slogans for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the only other thing I had that uh, then you do get the over the end credits, they do actually play Our Friends Electric, the full version. So nice. That's a nice little tie in. Lovely stuff. IMDb stats yep, on this? IMDb. Uh, 8.2 out of 10 as well, which I think oh, is consistent. Fair. Consistent. consistent. Yeah, this is another really, really strong episode, yep. I think. Agreed. Lovely stuff. Right, well, to bring this show to a thrilling climax for the people of Bristol, um, it's time for a game that is in no way based on BBC One's Would I Lie to You. Uh, time for a round of a new regular feature, Would We Lie to You? Who's in charge of this week's quiz? I, I'm in charge of it this week, um, which I'm slightly nervous about because we, <laughs> we rehearsed this multiple 
multiple times. Yes, that's right. We do rehearse bits of this show. I know that is hard to believe. <laughs> it's fair to say I kept getting it wrong, so please bear with me. I know the concept is simple, but genuinely it is quite stressful to manage. <laughs> so um, I've pulled out facts on uh, Land Rover in reference to um, the radio play that was um, yep. uh, being um, talked about earlier. So without further ado, you're going to hear three um, pieces of information on Land Rover. Uh, two of them are false, one of them are true, one of them is true. So I'll hand over to Adam to start. The record for sleeping in a Land Rover is 18 months and is held by Jim Ramsley of Brighton. Land Rover invented the first monster truck in 1950 with tractor tyres and souped-up axles. Land, Rover, Land Rovers were dropped from the sky during World War II with men inside them so that they could be driven behind enemy lines. So that's... Did someone sleep in them and hold a record? Were they some kind of super tank? Or were they dropped from the sky <laughs> in World tank. War II? M- monster truck. Monster truck. <laughs> it's a derivative of super tank. You wrote, you wrote these as well, and you're guessing it wrong. <laughs> Don't tell. <I. laughs> super, super tank. tank. <laughs> so hopefully you know how it works. Just make a noise, whoop, holler, <laughs> clap like mad if you think that it's the first one, someone sleeping in the Land Rover. Oh, very you. popular. Very popular choice. Uh, second one, the super tank. Or monster truck. Monster truck, derivative of? Anyone? No, no one's going no. for that one. Or it was dropped from the sky in World War II. I want it to be that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoop them. There we go. Okay. And the answer is? Well, they've gone for mine, which is the 18-month sleepathon, And I have to tell you, it's a lie. What? Well, Bristol, you, you got it correct pre- last week. Shall we prepare ours? Right Shall we prepare ours, Tom? Yeah, three, yeah. two, one. Oh, it the, was monster the monster truck, truck. It's, a, it's a super tank. Although I think... <laughs> oh. oh. Tom Stab's pulled out true by accident. Just, just, <laughs> just to be clear, the, the super tank, which was actually monster truck... The mega truck was, is yeah. true. So I think maybe the reason that our Bristol audience didn't get that right tonight, there was a bit of confusion, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mine was... definitely says lie. Well, there we go. Yep. Yep. High on chicken sponge and popping <laughs> a quiz. That, you know what? It's that time for the gripping climax of tonight's show. If you'd like to get in touch with the pod, it's thepartridgepod at gmail.com. Twitter is at thepartridgepod. Facebook.com slash thepartridgepod. Instagram at monkeytennispod. All that remains is for us to say thanks so much to everybody in Bristol who's coming Thank down you. to the wardrobe theatre. Thank you from all of us at Monkey Tennis and good night. Good night. Monkey tennis? Yappa dappa too. Oh, sorry, 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 I didn't do Monkey tennis? This is mid mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please, please, though. Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis? You need to press transfer. Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis? Well, that, that, we will, that, that, we will, that, we will do that, definitely, yeah. Okay, does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a Dilbert. Monkey tennis? And I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.